Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. I'm back with another quick review. This time it's LA Guns, Black Diamonds. I don't often write musical reviews on Amazon, but you know when I saw some of the negativity towards this new album, I had to throw my five pence into the mix. I didn't say much. I just described the album as spectacular riff-a-rama that's a blast of sleaze metal with buckets of hooks and an aggression that drives you through a 41-minute musical drive-by. I mean, my first impression of this album was, wow, holy shit, I like it. And I've done three, this is my third review of uh, new albums that have come out. And of those three releases that I've purchased, this one has had the most repeat plays and it has had me queue up the last four albums that LA Guns have put out and just left that playlist on loop. It's unusual for me to have that kind of response to a new album. Usually I listen to it a few times and I'm like, I'm going back and I'm going to just listen to the first one, which is what it was all about for me anyway. So, you know, LA Guns is a a weird band for me. Um, They've been pretty hit and miss over the decades. Um, I haven't stayed on board with them the whole time. But going back to that first album in 1987, I knew who Philip was before he joined the band. So when L.A. Guns announced that, you know, the debut was coming out and Philip was lead singer, I was like, oh, cool. That'll be interesting to see what he does. I didn't know that much about L.A. Guns and all the kind of history and drama that went around that or Paul Black. I mean, in in recent years, I did get, obviously, the Paul Black uh, recordings and you know obviously you learned about the first EP um, with yet a, another singer so you know I checked out when um, what was it when Cockton Loaded came out and it it wasn't that I didn't like Cockton Loaded or Hollywood Vampires which you know I did like you know somewhat less because uh, it was moving in a more kind of commercial vein it was just that there were other bands that I was more interested in keeping up on um and none of that stuff matched the the debut that debut stands up to this day as you know a, a really good bit of uh you know LA sleaze metal from the late 80s you know just like faster pussycats debut appetite for destruction i mean those three for me were as far into that scene as i got and i know there's a whole bunch of other bands that didn't make it um who kind of have a a niche popularity at this point that are probably worth checking out maybe we'll do an episode you know based around kind of the hollywood rocks box set that came out uh well shit years ago now but um you know band dramas of the 2000s lineup changes please there were so many bands going through that drama it got tedious i fell for the renegades album bought it it's not the same thing as when you've got tracy and philip together on the same page writing music that black diamonds for me represents so you know la guns is one of those bands that i just expect this sort of music from i never expect them to go the nostradamus route and do a a concept album i don't see them you know changing their image from what they are what they have been 
So for me, back to this album, everything is measured against that debut, the sound, the attitude, the feel. And uh, the short review is Black Diamonds nails it for me. All right, so let's talk about some of the songs. The first song, You Betray, from the moment you press play, it's like you've been transported into a dogfight with pit bulls on crack going at it. On one side, you've got Philip and his voice against Tracy, ringing every ounce of guitar, of life out of that guitar. I mean, this is one pissed off song. I love it. And the tone of the backbeat on this just sets a vibe. Uh, great, great uh, bass line and thrashing drums. So you cannot have, for me anyway, you cannot have a better lead off track to really set the tone for the whole thing. And one of the visuals that I got listening to this the first couple of times that like there's a death disco going on in the matrix and there's a band playing in one of those scenes. I and mean, it's just like when Neo, uh, you know, chases the rabbit that scene. But if there was a rock metal death disco swagger band in there then this is the visual i get this is the music that would be playing in that matrix disco um great chorus vocal so again great lead off track um if you you get past this song you know i think you're you're gonna enjoy the rest of the album all right wrong about you it's a slight shift from the first song but the screaming bendy lead it's got a super heavy zeppelin riff in there uh but and a sludgy you know kind of sludgy production but emerging out of that sludge is a melody into a great chorus uh it's a real fist bumper again swagger it's kind of hard not to use the word swagger i see like philip as rock metal pirate these days um so i love the tone of the guitar solo on this one and just going back to the, where i said sludge Sludge is not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to heavy metal production. I'll give you two examples, Blue Share and Kiss is Hotter Than Hell. If you want sludgy production where it works, Vincis Eruptum, whatever the hell it is, uh, is super sludgy. Um, complete classic. Same with Hotter Than Hell. And that's what I get on this production. It is not crisp. It is, you know, not in kind of a, it doesn't feel like it was recorded in a traditional studio where you'd have 48 tracks or whatever, and every single input has been processed. No, it sounds like rock and roll to me. It sounds like, you know, a band plugging in and basically playing live and, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. I like the result. Wrong About You, great song. Third song, Pace Changes into a Ballad-ish. Yeah, you know with L.A. Guns, you're going to get a ballad. It's got real nice intro guitar work and a good vocal, a little bit melancholic on the first section. And there's one part in it that it lyrically loses the plot a little bit for me, but then it builds back into a big chorus and we're back into like a 1980s flick your big lighters are lit in the arena territory. Um, and perhaps Dave girl was on line one humming times like these. I, I don't know. doesn't matter. Uh, but it's also got a twist in it where there's a nice harmonic time change, which I think is gorgeous. Um, and it works really well within the song. But vocally, it's skirting into that Lane Staley territory, uh, something that he did exceptionally, exceptionally well with just a phrasing on his vocal. Um, so it's good to hear Phil singing like that. And again, another great solo. All right, moving on. Babylon. Babylon. 
that made me think of Faster Pussycat. Uh, but this one's got a real cool punky attitude that uh, collides with a 70s glam vibe, which shouldn't be too surprising for Philip. But Philip's vocal is the star of this one, and he delivers the goods perfectly. It's just a three-minute song, so it's a great illustration of not overdoing something. Keep it simple, keep it tight, keep it focused, and... What you end up with, with Babylon, is a great rocker with a ton of character. I think I'm going to have to put Shame as one of my favorites on this album because it's got a blues rocking swagger. Swagger again. Um, you get the harmonica coming in with some subtle background vocals. A little bit on the mix there. Um, I can see there being criticism of, but I think they're low enough that they don't uh, impose themselves, but they're not high enough to really be sufficient. So, um, you know, everyone's got their own taste. Doesn't matter. Philip's barbed wire gargling vocal on this one makes it. So, I mean, it's like an old bluesy number in a way, uh, but there's a nice mid-tempo break at the halfway point of the album. So, you know, it works where it's put on the album and it also makes sure that the album doesn't stay one note. So lots of change-ups, lots of differences on the album already. And we're at the halfway point. This one, last thoughts on it, um, a perfectly stated solo. Can't complain. All right, next song is Shattered Glass. Great chorus. I'm getting Foo vibes off this one again, but that's just my musical, you know, library in my head of what I, I guess I listen to way too much, probably. And, you know, that certainly isn't a bad thing. Uh, but on this one, though, I, I feel, you know, the drums are way too forward in the mix and they become a little bit distracting. Um, I want to check out the Japanese bonus track version, which is an acoustic um version of this song so it's still a good song but you know there are just a, a couple little quibbles you know getting into the production side on that one but still not enough to savage the whole damn album on an amazon review and give it one star and tell them to quit i mean come on next song gonna lose we're back into kind of the slower territory you know for another sonic change up on this but then they're tricksters you know the mellow chorus changes up into a uh, or the mellow verse part of me changes up into a scorching chorus it's a big chorus you know gene simmons would say that's a chorus the size of a gymnasium um you know the contrast make the song a little bit bipolar so i'm left a little bit dumbfounded about this one but it's nice to have that sort of weird dynamic going on uh within a song so again changes things up keeps things fresh keeps you listening uh but also keeps the album you know propelled forward at a good clip all right got it wrong yeah, some of you have probably already said that about my review, and that's perfectly fine. That's your opinion. This is mine. Um, I'll sleep well at night. There's no confusion about this one. This is just meat and potatoes rock and roll here. There's no pretense, no pretensions. It's just going to rock your socks off. Another strong riff around the song, um, and they just build on it and keep it simple, keep it rocking. Yeah, rock and roll. That's all I want. Let's not require a blueprint to decipher it. Low life. I immediately thought of Iggy, but uh, phrasing, the delay, the reverb, the, the guitar effects, it's just brief as well at the beginning. I like that. It's attention grabbing. Um, again, simple rock, perhaps a bit rudimentary. Um, that might have this song being chucked into the filler pile, but it's hard to do that. You know, I can't throw it into the scrappy just because of the amount of conviction that's in uh, Philip's voice as he sings it. So, you know, decent song. We'll leave it at that. 
crying. This is like, it's weird. It's got a real, I guess, 90s vibe, kind of Brit rock. Um, you know, maybe some of the harder early blur stuff or maybe even the harder Stone Roses kind of way. And and that's really all I, I take out of that one. Um, not much else to say. Not terrible, but, um, you know, not quite as catchy and grabbing as some of the earlier songs on the album. And then we end up with, you know, Like a Drug. I mean, it's a decent song to end on, you know, good lyric, but not as explosive as on some of the other songs. But at least we get one last great guitar solo. Right. That was the 90 mile an hour review of the songs. You know, 41 minutes flies by in a flash with this album. I'm not going to get into those criticisms of the album, uh, but I will say this. If I had read those reviews before buying the album, I may not have bought it. And that's an important reminder, both to myself and I think to anyone, that never judge an album by the reviews that you read of it on Amazon or anywhere else. Go and listen to it to yourself or for yourself first, uh, which is what I did. I went over to Spotify, played it for free, liked it, and then went and dropped my coin on it on iTunes just for the digital. I don't need physical. Um Again, going back to those criticisms of the production, you know, I think the the production fingerprint works well with the material and the overall style of the album. Again, after you've listened to it on Spotify, you may not agree, and that's perfectly fine, but at least listen to the damn thing first and then compare it to, you know, any one of the previous three studio releases that the band have put out, because I think it stands up well with those and it stays very unified to where the band has been since 2017 you know so that production feels old school in a sense rather than cheaped out on there's a unity across this whole album but there's a ton of different textures and tones throughout to keep my head bobbing along um so that's it black diamonds i do recommend checking it out and again it's for me the one that i've had on repeat the most over the past you know well since it came out and, and that's also in contrast to, you know, Metallica and Angel releases, which I've also reviewed. So there we are. Check it out. See you soon. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. Facebook.